What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, so another impromptu live stream. I feel like I have to go live because it's a pretty damn big deal. Elon Musk has just tweeted out that Twitter has interfered in elections, and this, to me, is a pretty damn big deal. Okay, because Elon Musk is like the biggest Twitter account. Uh, th- look, I've, I've gone back and forth so many times on this guy. I might as well live at the beach as many times as I've flip-flopped on this issue. But this guy's really hard to pin down and understand uh, whether, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. I mean, first of all, the guy wants to put chips in our brains that link up to satellites that hook up to the phone that he owns, and he owns the, the, the biggest social, social media company. <laughs> I mean, the dude is really working on centralizing a lot of power for himself, which makes me very skeptical. Not to mention we know the World Economic Forum's uh, fourth industrial revolution is the, the, you know, the, the merging of human beings with technology and transhumanism. And he's also like the leading driver of this, you know, sh- shift away from uh, so-called fossil fuels to, you know, green energy. He's got all this business in China, and he's like the sole provider of electric vehicles. So, I mean, you got to be a little skeptical with this guy, but I cannot deny the fact that what Elon Musk has been doing lately is absolutely indicative of... somebody who's like a good guy the dude is exposing child pornography and pedophilia on twitter he's calling out twitter for their their biased censorship their collusion with government he's literally followed through with his commitment to reinstate the account of donald trump and admitted that that was a total total failure and mistake on twitter's part And he's also intending to give a general amnesty to accounts that didn't violate the law. So at the very least, I have to humbly admit that this dude is doing way, way more than I ever anticipated. Uh, You know, in in the and this this story I'm about to cover here with what what Elon Musk has said. um, He's actually responding to a Reuters article. Okay, and this Reuters article, let me pull this up real quick. This Reuters article, it's it's bashing Elon Musk, and it's citing quotes from Yoel Roth, okay? Now, Yoel Roth was Twitter's former head of trust and safety. And when Elon Musk first purchased Twitter, one of my biggest criticisms was that this guy was still the head of trust and safety, okay? Because this man, Yoel Roth, is a damn left-wing Nazi. And if you go back and look at his old tweets, he said that Trump supporters are Nazis. He said that uh, if you don't support Obama, it's because you're a racist. And so this guy was like at the very top levels of Twitter. And I was like, how is is Elon Musk going to tell us that he's going to take Twitter and make it into a free speech platform and that he's a free speech absolutist and he's going to change everything about Twitter when he's leaving this guy in charge of content moderation. That doesn't make any sense. So I, I was totally skeptical. I wasn't buying it. Then I saw Elon Musk say, he, you know, I sat down with, with uh, what's his name, Greenblatt, with the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, the activists, and I, I tried to appease them. I tried to do everything I could to make them happy. 
and tell them that we're going to continue to censor people. We're going to continue to censor people all the way through the election. And they're still not happy. And I was like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? You're trying to appease the the woke activist that created this problem in the first place. And they're not happy. Well, neither am I. I'm not happy that you even gave these people the time of day. So that was why I was so pissed in the first place. When Elon Musk purchased Twitter, he said he was going to do all this stuff. And then he's trying to appease the activists. And he's, you know, left Yoel Roth in a position of power. Well, a lot of that has changed. It appears that um, Yoel Roth wasn't exactly fired, but he resigned. Okay. And, and, you know, Elon Musk is no longer trying to appease the uh, the ADL and these activists. You know, he, he's he's completely impressed me in the last couple of weeks. So anyways, let me get into this actual story that I wanted to cover. You know, like I said, Elon Musk is saying that Twitter interfered in elections. And this is a response to this Reuters article. Okay, so this Reuters article uh, is, is quoting Yoel Roth. So they say... Twitter's former head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, on Tuesday said the social media company was not safer under new owner Elon Musk, warning in his first interview since resigning this month that the company no longer had enough staff for safety work. Roth had tweeted after Musk's takeover by, uh, that by some measures, Twitter safety had improved under the billionaire's ownership. However, asked in an interview at the Knight Foundation conference on Tuesday whether he still felt that way, Roth said no. Roth was a Twitter veteran who helped steer the social media platform through several several watershed decisions, including the move to permanently suspend its most famous user, former U.S. President Donald Trump, last year. So, so this guy was part of the decision-making process to ban a sitting president. Okay, and he's sitting here saying now that Elon Musk has taken over, Twitter's not not safer. He was also part of this uh, departure from advertisers who backed away from Twitter after Musk laid off half of the staff, including many involved with content moderation. Which, okay, they're misrepresenting this. Actually, what happened was the ADL, I think his name's Jonathan, Jonathan Greenblatt, that's the dude that compelled the advertisers to pull away from Twitter after, you know, after Elon Musk said that he was going to do everything to appease them, they still went to all the advertisers and basically compelled them to boycott Twitter. It didn't have anything really to do with him firing a bunch of the staff members. It had to do with Greenblatt and the ADL. Okay? So anyways... Twitter under Musk, this is according to Yellow Roth, began to stray from its adherence to written and publicly available policies toward content decisions made unilaterally by Musk, which Roth cited as a reason for his resignation. He said, quote, one of my limits was if Twitter starts being ruled by dictatorial edict rather than by policy, then there's no longer a need for me in my role doing what I do. You got to be shitting me. The irony here is un-effing believable. So this dude, Yoel Roth, is saying that Elon Musk taking over and saying that he doesn't want to censor people unless they've broken the law, 
or violated like through egregious, egregious spam. You know, people shouldn't be banned just for speaking their mind. This dude's saying that he no longer feels that his job is necessary at Twitter because it's been taken over by a dictator. Are you shitting me? <laughs> this is this is irony at a level we've never seen before. Dictatorial edict is what Twitter has been been doing for the last 10 years. Under, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey in previous leadership. But this guy draws the line when, when Elon comes along and says that he doesn't want to censor people anymore. What a, what a dumbass. So anyways, Reuters published this article criticizing Elon Musk. And uh, there, was another, there was another comment below this article where Eva Fox says, Twitter has shown itself to be not safe for the past 10 years and has lost users' trust. The past team of trust and safety is a disgrace, so it doesn't have any right to judge what is being done now. They had a chance, but they sold their souls to a corporation. Elon Musk says exactly the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed. So obviously, what caught my attention here is the fact that he said uh, Twitter has interfered in elections. That's a pretty damn big deal coming from Elon Musk. That's a pretty damn big statement there. Now, I thought about thought about it for a second, and uh, I, 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 have to, I have to just take a guess here. See, I know it goes a lot deeper than this. I happen to know that there was um, something called the EIP, the Election Integrity Partnership, and they basically colluded with big government, uh, setting up a portal where secretaries of state and election officials had a one-stop shop where they could basically submit a ticket that there's misinformation going around during an election. Like, hey, there's people saying that Ruby Freeman is 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 running the same ballots through three, four times. So, so uh, what's his name? What's what's the guy's name in Georgia? Shit, can't remember. Brad Raffensperger, whatever. He can submit a ticket, and then that will go to the social media platforms, and the social media platforms can make a decision based on the ticket. So that is a complete violation of the First Amendment. You know these these left these left wing. Uh, dipshits, they always tell us, well, they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to adhere to the First Amendment. Yeah, but the government does. And if the government's reaching through big tech to censor people, then that's an egregious violation of the First Amendment. So I know all this. I know that that Twitter is essentially an arm of the government. But what I think that Elon is probably referring to here in this reference is the New York Post article. Um, He's probably suggesting that the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we know from um, from polls, people have said like 17% of people would have voted differently had they not suppressed that story, which was enough to alter the outcome of an election. So I, I, I just have a feeling that Elon's suggesting that that's how Twitter interfered in an election. But I know that it goes way, way deeper than that. And I have to believe that Elon Musk knows that too. Now, Elon has actually committed to releasing to all, to the public, 
exactly what has been going on behind the scenes, how Twitter... Look, I'll show you the tweet right here. He says, The Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. So this dude plans on exposing it all, showing the world exactly what Twitter has been doing, exactly what they've been up to. Um, this is just very, very, very exciting times, very exciting stuff. It's no wonder the mainstream media, it's no wonder the Biden regime, it's no wonder they're all trying to come after this guy. And I, I have to say, man, the enemy of my enemy is my friend for the time being. If he starts doing some shady shit later down the line, then I'll call that out. But right now, I'm flip-flopping back to the side of Elon Musk, okay? The dude's got like 119 million followers, and he's got the ear of a lot of moderates, uh, independents, um, Democrats. And th- this is this is very, very different and out of the ordinary and unprecedented. Um, so... It's, it's exciting. Now, the one problem I do have with Elon Musk is that he's he's coming out saying he's going to dis- support Ron DeSantis, okay? Which is not very good for the America First MAGA movement, you know, led by Donald Trump. I'm not so sure that, like people have suggested, that these, these guys are working together, they're on the same team. I'm not so sure I buy into that. But at the very least, I'm starting to question... You know, I'm starting to lean towards maybe Elon Musk actually has some principles and is doing this for some sort of virtuous reason for the betterment of society and and all that stuff rather than just um, trying to centralize power for himself. That's I want I want to believe that I want to believe that he's just okay. It's not that crazy for somebody who's a moderate like Elon Musk to see why DeSantis makes more sense than Trump. I could understand someone arriving to that conclusion. I'm not going to throw somebody and toss them to the wolves simply for the fact that they're supporting Ron DeSantis. I just think that that's a bad move. I don't think that's the. I don't think that that's a smart decision. But I don't think that makes somebody a deep state actor. Um, so, anyways. I wanted to talk about that, but I also have several other stories that I want to cover. So the Gateway Pundit just put this article up, and it's titled, Finally, 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 National Group Uncovers Real-Time Democrat Election Fraud, and Here's How They Did It. And I gotta say, before we get into this, uh, this isn't gonna be that breathtaking or groundbreaking to any of you guys, because we've all known this, but apparently there's a group, and this group has actually uncovered hard facts with this in in Wisconsin and Florida. I mean, we've all suggested we've all suggested and uh ha- had theories that this was happening, but these people have actually gotten to the bottom of it and uncovered this. Now, before we talk about the details, please smash the rumble button. We got 277 people watching and only 26 rumbles, which makes me a little butthurt, okay? And you guys know that. Okay, so if you want my butt to stop hurting, please smash the the, the rumble button. It's your patriotic duty. <laughs> okay, now, anyways, so here's how they did it. Real-time election fraud. Database latency. 
Geeky term, but it's how they did it. Now, this is a hypothetical. Let's say a policeman pulls over a speeder. The police computer fortunately picks up that three hours ago, a similar vehicle and person held up a liquor store. So the police are on alert. No database latency. Okay, so now that's that's just a hypothetical example. They're trying to say that the way that they the, the Democrats steal elections is through database latency. Okay, so we're going to expand on that, explain what that means. County election managers change the zip code of 31,000 voters on September 3rd. Okay, ballots go out that week. Those 31,000 ballots are undeliverable. Someone collects those valid ballots. Then on September 15th, those addresses are quietly changed back. Right now, like I said, this is what we've speculated and assumed was happening. Okay, that they're sending. So we have all these states that send mail-in ballots out to everybody on the registration. Every registered voter. It's like universal mail-in ballots. Everybody gets a ballot. If you're if you're a registered voter, you get a mail-in ballot, whether you requested one or not. Now, I don't have the list of states that do that, but I know Arizona is one of them. Arizona has something called the Permanent Early Voting List, or PEVL, which means once you request a mail-in ballot one time, um, then you get put on the PEVL. So now every election after that, they send you a mail-in ballot whether or not you request one. Okay? So, what they're saying... And and the, and the problem with this article is that it's not very well written. Uh, I'm going to skip a few things. The other problem is they don't name the county that they discovered this. But they say that they found this by the truckload in both Wisconsin and Florida. They found a county where they, they found that um, election managers changed the zip code of 31,000 voters on September 3rd sent out ballots that week, the ballots were undeliverable, someone collected those ballots, and then the, the, the addresses were quietly changed back, and this was not detected. Now, here's where we get to this whole database latency thing. They say the National Change of Address Database, which is a database that a lot of people trying to catch the fraud use, unfortunately will not pick up those changes. They didn't happen, according to the NCOA, because there's no history, okay? So, in the meantime, they change the address on on the 3rd. They change it back on, on uh, the 15th, right? In the meantime, those people are still getting all of their normal mail just fine. The one exception is the ballots. Ballot addresses were driven by the county mail-in database, okay? That's the only thing that was changed, Many states send ballots to everyone, like we just said. The recipient is none the wiser that they never received a mail-in ballot. Then they go to vote in person, and they're told, Sorry, you've already voted. Now, how many times have we heard that? A million times. It happened, it's happened in every single state in the last two election cycles. So they say, Welcome to Database Latency. Our bad guy pals know they can change voter rolls, take an action, then change them back, and who would know? A thousand voters are changed from inactive, voted, then changed back, and how would you ever know? With lots of complex footwork, you could eventually tell from their voter history file, but only months after the election. And then what are you going to do about it? 
reverse the election? Good luck with that. The new and current ballot-gathering strategy, mandated by the almost universal mail-in ballots, adds pretty cool database games, exploiting database latency. Database latency, as you likely gathered, is when the database records lags, current reality... Um, sorry, when the, when the database record lags current reality. We all experienced it in our economic, uh, electronic-driven society. So the ba- the, basically what they're trying to say in this article is that um, the ballot scammers, they know that the, the, the national change of address database, it doesn't update for like two months. So if they change the address on the 3rd, change it back on the 15th, and vote on that person's behalf, and then you try to catch it, you're not going to see it until after the deed is already done and it's too late. And then what are you going to do? File a lawsuit? Oh, sorry, your lawsuit's moot because the election's already been certified. So what they're suggesting here is that the the, the Democrats are outsmarting us at every turn uh, because they understand this database latency thing. And what they're doing is they're actually purchasing the voter rolls. They're, they're, they purchased updated voter rolls like 28 times in the the 2016 election cycle. And so they're getting they're getting information with no lag whatsoever. They're getting real-time information and they're footing the bill for it too. Like in Wisconsin, it costs $12,000 to purchase the voter rolls. It's very expensive. But what they're saying is, okay, the Democrats know that if they can foot the bill for the voter rolls and spend $12,000, but they can rig a governorship and they can rig a Senate seat and they can rig elections where the campaign uh, financing is in the millions. I mean, think about a presidential election. How many millions of dollars goes into that? It's 100% worth it for them. If they can purchase the voter rolls and rig the election, like, and then they don't have to spend millions on campaigns. So they're actually saving money, and they're outsmarting us. And, and meanwhile, the Republicans, the RNC, they're not doing shit. They're, they're, they've lagged behind this strategy that the Democrats are using. So here's what they say um, in this. We're going to wrap up this article, but here's what they say. Here's the fraud equation taking place across the country. Count the in-person votes on Election Day. Count the early in-person votes. Shut down the system. Atlanta, we had that water main leak where they shut shut everything down. Um, we saw them stop the count in all the swing states in 2020. In Maricopa County, we see them counting for two freaking weeks. And in the meantime, they're bringing in the undeliverable ballots gathered that came from when they changed the voters' names and addresses or zip codes and then changed them back. Then they, you know, they've already determined how many of those they need to win. They insert those, those return-to-center ballots or undeliverables and then, boom, you win the election. And then all you got to do is uh, allow the database latency problem to, you know, the, 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 the Republicans are going to detect that in time, and they're going to file a lawsuit months later, and you've already won. So like I said, this is a theory that we've had. We've, ar- we've already kind of known that this was happening, but this group has actual actual evidence that this has happened in Wisconsin and in Florida. And I remember of, of a group that actually posted a video um, showing proof that there was this type of manipulation going on in Florida. Everybody thinks, oh, Florida, they're this 
sanctuary for you know free and fair elections. BS, man. That's total BS. I live in Florida. I know that when I go to vote, I got to put my ballot through an ESNS machine. I know that we we're we're a member state of Eric. I know that uh, we also have mail in mail in voting. Now it might be a little bit more secure than say Pennsylvania or Arizona, but that doesn't make Florida free and fair. I believe that the outcomes of elections are decided by the deep state just as much as anywhere else. So anyways, um, but, you know, here's the thing. What's more evidence going to do? I know what you're already thinking. Oh, more evidence. Cool, 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 cool. It's not like we don't have enough of that. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be cynical, but I'm starting to feel like you guys out there. More evidence. Let's just keep talking about the evidence. Okay. Um... It's just getting, it's just getting, it's just getting crazy here, ladies and germs. It's just getting damn crazy. Ah, man. So, anyways, let's, let's move to the next story. I want to cover a few things. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, we'll save this one for last, is the Brunson versus Adams case that a lot of people keep sending me. Covered it a little bit yesterday, talked about it on Telegram a little bit, but I want to Make sure we drive that one home, uh, you know, for everybody out there. My thoughts about that one. All right, so the next thing, I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit. So this this dinner that, that Donald Trump had with Milo Yiannopoulos, Kanye West, and Nick Fuentes has been so blown out of proportion, it's ridiculous. It's not even funny. I don't, I, the, the mainstream media is making this look like Donald Trump gave the eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral, <laughs> which is something that Joe Biden actually did. I mean, they're making it look like Donald Trump is giving a known blatant anti-Semite like Nick Fuentes a platform and, and legitimizing everything this dude says when very clearly Donald Trump had no idea who this jackass was. Okay, And I'm not a fan of Nick Fuentes. I'm going to make that clear. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what that dude's goal is. I don't know what, what he stands for, whether he's a troll or whether he legitimately believes the things that he says, but I don't really care because I've, I've pretty much determined this dude's extremely toxic and I've listened to the guy speak long enough to know that he actually is an anti-Semitic figure, that he actually is racist. I've heard him say that black people are genetically more prone to violence and He's, I've heard him say that, um, he was, he was actually bashing Steve Bannon. He was like, oh, Steve Bannon's this fat guy that thinks that we need to try to win over the N-word vote. Like he literally said the N-word in his live stream. I'm like, holy crap, dude. This guy is everything the mainstream media says that we are. They t- they say that we're racist, anti-Semite, homophobic, uh, sexist bigots and all this stuff. And it's like... All the rhetoric coming out of this dude's mouth is exactly what the mainstream media's media wants to paint all of us as. So you can't tell me that dude's not completely toxic. Um. So anyways, Trump having a dinner with this dude without knowing anything about him, the suggestion that that somehow makes him, you know, an endorser of his ideas is stupid. It's it's ridiculous. It's become a, pr- a PR disaster for Trump. 
And it's a shame. Now, their suggestion here in this Gateway Pundit article that that was a setup, that that was intentional, that they wanted to set this up to kind of take down Trump and that Milo Yiannopoulos was the man behind it. And I have a hard time believing that. And I'll tell you why in a second, but let's just read this article. Quote, I will have a vengeance. Architect of Mar-a-Lago Trump yay dinner vowed in 2020 to burn Republican Party to the fucking ground. Two days before Thanksgiving, President Trump sat down with yay and his friends at his Mar-a-Lago home. The story made headlines, blah, blah, blah. On Tuesday, NBC News reported that Milo Yiannopoulos was the architect of the plan to include Fuentes at the dinner. Milo admitted to this in several statements since the dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. Um, Milo said he wanted to send a message to Trump. This, so the, this, now the Gateway Pundit goes on to say that this was a setup and should not have come as a surprise because back in December 2020, Milo posted on Parlo that, Parler that he was going to burn the Republican Party to the effing ground. He also promised, I will have my vengeance. Okay, so I don't, look, I just don't go for this whole thing that Milo Yiannopoulos was intentionally trying to sabotage Trump with this this meeting with Nick Fuentes. Um, I think what, what Milo's angle was that Milo believes, and I don't know Milo that well, but I know sort of some of the rhetoric that he said about this situation. And essentially he said that, um, he wanted to bring Nick Fuentes to the table with Trump because he feels as though the people in Trump's corner, probably Jared Kushner and other people at his advisors have been boxing people out of his orbit that can actually help him. And that are, um, you know, like, like I guess Milo thinks that Nick Fuentes is a good a good thing for the movement and he thinks that the people in Trump's corner have boxed Trump from having conversations with people that are actually supportive of the America First agenda maybe he actually believes that but I don't think that that means that Milo was trying to sabotage Trump or make this a PR disaster like it was for Trump and I also um the Gateway Pundit saying that because he said he wants to burn the Republican Party to the effing ground is any indication that he wanted to set up Trump either. I don't believe that because I want to burn the Republican Party to the effing ground. Holy, holy shit, the, the Republican Party is part of the same uniparty. You know, the Democrats and the, the, the establishment Republicans are on the same team. And the Republican Party has shown itself to be corrupt and compromised beyond measure. So I'm not, I don't care that he said that. Now, I know it sounds like I'm defending Milo Yiannopoulos, um, which is kind of weird. I'm not like a big fan of this guy, but the reason is because I just hate when the mainstream media tries to paint a narrative that's not accurate. I don't think that this is accurate, and the Gateway Pundit's not accurate either. Um, and I, I also listened to, just like a week ago, the podcast episode with Tim Pool and Milo and um i listened to i listened to him talk about trump like like the greatest thing ever and say this whole thing about DeSantis is nothing but 
a joke. Like, he basically said that DeSantis has no shot whatsoever. He's not fit for the job. He has no charisma. Trump is the guy. And he was 100% supportive of Trump. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't buy, I don't buy all that. I think that people see what a PR disaster this has been and they immediately think that this was some sort of setup. I don't think that. But I, I, I do think that um, whoever Trump's advisors are or the people that coordinate his, his events and scheduling and stuff like that, the people, the people around him that allowed this to happen and didn't vet Nick Fuentes to sit down at the table with Trump, those people should be fired. And it's, it's, I talked about this on Locals earlier. I can't believe that Donald Trump still has people in his corner that are not, that don't have his best interest at heart and would allow something like this to happen. I feel like Trump should, should know by now, like have, I just feel like Trump, his, his, the people in his corner are still not trustworthy. And I really, really want to see some inclination, some bit of evidence that Trump has learned his lessons from the past and get better people around him. I, I just need to see that. Um, and I also I said this on Locals too. I said, I am on Trump train 100,000% until the wheels come off. If he loses the nomination because they rigged it against him and they're going to put prop up DeSantis as the Republican nominee, at that point I'm going to be forced to vote for DeSantis, right? But... but that 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 I'm I'm still one hundred thousand percent on Trump train uh until the wheels come off. Now, like I said, if they rig the nomination against him, and I think that's the only way DeSantis could get the nomination is because there's absolutely no way that that DeSantis is going to be more popular than Donald Trump within the Republican Party, because I've seen all of the polling data and it's 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 completely out of this world. Now, moderates, Democrats, if you ask them, independents, would you rather have DeSantis or Trump? That's where I think the problem lies. Because um, I, I think that a lot of moderates and independents, probably like, like Elon Musk, are leaning towards DeSantis, which is a problem. But in the within the Republican Party, when we're talking about the primaries and the, the the convention and all that stuff obviously the republican party overwhelmingly overwhelmingly supports donald trump over desantis so but 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 at the end of the day if they rig that up which if they rig that up uh and desantis becomes the republican nominee then i'll be forced to vote for him you know it's just i'm i'm not going to be one of these guys that's so stupid i'm going to sit here and be like well, I'd rather vote for Biden than DeSantis. What, what What do you think? I'm an idiot? Yeah, I know the guy is getting a bunch of money uh, from special interests and the, the GOP establishment. They're all propping him up. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that the guy's foreign policy is probably, let's go to World War III on day one. I, I get that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm 100% aware of that. But, you know, when at a certain... When... when, when when you're given two choices, more poopy pants, uh, compromised Joe, or DeSantis, it's pretty much a no-brainer at that point. But again, if you guys are coming in late, I said I'm 100% on Trump train 
100,000% until the wheels come off, okay? So just to be clear, just to be clear. All right, now, let's get to this story about this Brunson versus Adams case because I've talked about this a couple times. Uh, Tracy Beans has done a phenomenal job talking about this on uh, Telegram. and She had like a, a thread of audio recordings, a thread of audio recordings where she talked about this and, and broke it down pretty brilliantly. I was very impressed. She's not even an attorney, but she was very articulate in explaining the, the, the details of this. Now, <clears throat> I want to preface this by saying I disagree with Tracy Bean's suggestion that these guys are some sort of grifters or they, she, she, she sort of hinted at they're bad guys. I don't, I don't get that impression at all. I want to start with that. I want, I want to say I think that these guys, the, the Brunson bros, are 100% um, well-intended, well-meaning. I think that they're trying to do this with the best of intentions. But um, I got to say right off the bat, a lot of people have been sending me this. A lot of people have been saying that this could be the game changer. It's going to change everything. It's going to be the the it's the it's the last chance that we have of of putting Donald Trump back in office and blah 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 blah. And I have to say that unfortunately, and this is not I'm not condemning them for trying, but unfortunately, I think there's a lot of bad information going around, and a lot of hopium going around, and a lot of people. Uh, over-inflating the chances of this being successful. And that's to put it mildly. And I don't know if they're doing it... I don't know if they're doing that because they are trying to mislead people or, or, or grifting or... I don't know. All I know is that the chances of this being successful are very, very low. I, and I swear, I hate, to, I hate to say that. Now, let me explain why. Hear me out. Let me, let me state my case, and then you guys be the judge. Okay, so let's read this article first. Uh, well, most of it, not all of it. But let's see, let's read this article. So, if you haven't heard this, there's there's four brothers, the Brunson Bros. Okay, and they have okay. So four brothers in Utah play the trumpet together. I don't know why that's relevant, but it's kind of ironic that the Trumpet brothers are trying to make a an effort to reinstate Donald Trump. <laughs> Now, that's funny, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's just cute. You know, that's pretty funny, right? I got to give them that. Okay? So, they ha- they also have a case with the Supreme Court that has gotten some attention. And that's to put it lightly. It's got a lot of attention, that's, all, that's for sure. The case involving the Brunson brothers out of Utah is getting some attention. Dude, you just said that, Gateway Pundit. Look, they, they, they said the same sentence twice in a row. So anyways, that's not my that's that's their bad, not mine. These brothers have filed their suit and it is currently with the US Supreme Court. They claim that the actions by US politicians to ignore requests and arguments from the people to investigate the 2020 election fell on deaf ears. But the brothers argued that these politicians had a constitutional duty to investigate. So that's the crux of the uh the substance of their case. This is a, this is a case that was filed in, in Utah, and what they're saying here is they're not saying the election was stolen. 
Well, they kind of are, but 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 that's not the the real issue here is that the elected officials had a constitutional duty to investigate the election and deny on January 6th the certification of the electoral college votes. So they they they're, they're saying that it was their constitutional duty to allow for a 10-day period of investigation and review and they failed to do that. Okay, and they just blatantly ignored the obvious needed scrutiny of the 2020 election and went ahead and certified it anyway, which is which they suggest is is actually treasonous. And I would agree with all of that substance right there. Okay? I would I this is why I say I'm not trying to condemn or bash these guys in any way. I'm not trying to say that their efforts aren't, um, shouldn't be, what's the word? I'm not, I I actually commend these guys for their bravery, okay? However, here's where the problem lies, okay? The problem lies in the relief that they're seeking, okay? Because... And this has been pointed out to me, not just by Tracy Beans, but by people that I would consider legal experts, legal scholars, okay? And what they're trying to do here is ask the courts to remove people from office. Like hundreds of members of Congress, both in the House and the Senate, they're asking the courts to remove Joe Biden, Kamala Harris from office and then inaugurate Donald Trump, okay? Now... The problem with that is that it's completely defective in that the, the courts, the judicial system, have no ability to remove people from office. It's completely unconstitutional. The Constitution is very clear that the only way to remove anyone from office is through the impeachment process. You cannot remove, the, the courts can't remove you from office. So it's completely unconstitutional what they're asking the courts, meaning that the relief is defective, the case is defective. They're also asking for, which is just kind of weird, they're also asking for $2.9 billion in tax-free damages. Okay, and, and that's, that's, just, that's just not going to happen. I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. I, 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 look... The other thing is, now a lot of people have sent me this and they said, guys, it's on the docket. It's got a docket number. It's going to be heard by the Supreme Court. People think that because it's on there, there, there's a docket number that it's going to be heard. And I'm sorry to say, that is not what's happening here. It's very misleading. The people that are going around saying that this case is going to be heard are possibly um, not understanding what, what what's actually going on here and why that's not true. So now now I'm going to be completely honest with you. Part of this is things that I'm I'm learning from people that are way more qualified than me. And so um I'm I'm just admitting I'm admitting to you that I have a lot of trust in their ability to interpret this stuff and this is what they've told me. And it makes actually perfect sense. So a writ of certiori. This is what's been filed with the Supreme Court. So this case has actually been 
dismissed in both the lower court, the federal court. It's been completely uh, tossed in the lower courts. So the Brunson Bros, they're filing a writ of certiori with this with SCOTUS, okay? And they're asking for it to be addressed as a matter of national emergency. Now, here's the thing. A writ of certiori is essentially a request to hear the case, okay? And that's what's on the docket. That's what's gotten a docket number. And the reason it's gotten a docket number is because it was filed um, exactly the way SCOTUS... Like, SCOTUS has, like, strict criteria. I mean, you everything has to be perfect. The font, the, the, the page numbering, everything has to be 100% perfect, okay? You can you could file a bulletproof case and it'd it be dismissed or whatever, not... It'd be rejected because of the font, you see? So, so these guys actually have done something very impressive here. One of the things that's very impressive is the fact that they're representing themselves. They are pro se, meaning they don't have an attorney. They're representing themselves. And for them to even get this writ of certiori on the docket is very impressive. But this whole notion that because it's on the docket, then they're going to hear it is not true. Um, see, a writ, a, a writ of certiori... The Supreme Court, they get like 7,000 of these per year. And they only actually accept 1%. It's, 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 it's next to nothing. I think they accept like 100 out of 7,000 per year. And those are the ones where there was some sort of dispute or dissent or whatever. And and this is not, that's not what's happened here in this case. There's There's really been no dispute or anything like that. Um, it was, it was thrown. The reason the case was dismissed is because it's wholly defective. It's completely defective. The, the, the relief that they're seeking does not exist in any legal sense. This is a civil, civil suit. You know, there's a difference between civil and, and criminal. And they're asking the courts to civilly try elected officials for treason which does not exist, and remove them from office, which the courts can't do. So here's the thing. Every two weeks or once a month, I'm not sure, the SCOTUSes, they meet, they have a conference, and decide on these matters whether or not they're going to take these cases, right? So the writ of certiori has a docket number, and on, I think, January 6th, which is very ironic, I mean, or I think is it January 6th or December 6th? It, it actually might be December 6th. I'm not sure. But they're actually going to decide whether or not to hear this. And um, I think that there's a very, 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 very small percent chance that they will. And uh, and the reason is because it's, 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 dis, it's defective. And I don't mean to... I don't mean to black pill anybody. Um... But the, that's just that's just the facts. There's a lot of people that said, yeah, but the U.S. Solicitor General that's opposing this case, they they de- they decided to waive their right to respond. And what was explained to me is that's not a good thing. What that means is that the U.S. Solicitor General knows that this is so defective that the the Supreme Court's just going to drop it immediately. And so, by waiving the U.S. Solicitor General's right to respond they're basically just saving SCOTUS time. 
from having to read another motion, from having to read another filing, and they're just being courteous with, with SCOTUS. So I, I know that sucks, and I think we're all pretty desperate. We want something we want something like this. Like, don't get me wrong. Are you kidding me? I want I want I want these guys to win. I want anything that even has a snowball's chance in hell to rectify the 2020 election, I'm going to be supportive of it. And I am supportive of these guys. I, I really am. That's separate from the fact that SCOTUS is most almost 100% definitely going to reject this. Totally separate things. Okay, you can support, you can support people's efforts, but you can also acknowledge the fact that SCOTUS said the President of the United States does not have standing. You see? I mean, if the President of the United States doesn't have standing then what makes me think that the SCOTUS is going to <laughs> take a case from guys that are pro se, no attorney, and they're asking the courts to cr- civilly try hundreds of elected officials for treason and remove them from office and reinstate Donald Trump and then give them $3 billion. What makes me think that, they're, that that's going to happen? Now, guys, I don't know what's going on. we got a lot of viewers right now, like 1,800 people tuned in. Please, if you are new to this channel, hit that subscribe button. Please. I'm really trying to grow this channel. Um, If you don't know me, if you're new, we used to be on YouTube. We had a big audience, millions of views every month. And now we're we're here on Rumble trying to to rebuild from scratch. So it would really mean a lot to me if you you would hit that subscribe button. I do my best to cover, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Okay. And also, smash the rumble button, and please consider sharing this broadcast. And if you guys really like the like my style and like what I do, then consider hitting that red join button over on Rumble, where you can sign up at nickmoseeder.locals.com. I just did a live stream over there for supporters, and I do one you know like one video at least every week for my supporters. Those of you guys that want to um, support this channel and, and and help me do what I do, you know that's my way of saying thank you. Is to Offer you guys a little incentive and an extra video every week. So, anyways, look, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think this through. the The founding fathers were brilliant in the way that they install, uh, drafted. Well, basically, the founding fathers were all about separation of powers, separating the three branches of government from having one having too much power. You know, checks and balances. And in what world? would we live in if this if the SCOTUS or if any court could just remove a sitting president or remove 300 Congress for, for like if if, if 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 they win if they win this case and what they're asking they want Congress to remove like 383 members of Congress or something crazy like that and they want them to remove the the president now I know that sounds good to us that are living in this dystopian nightmare under the Biden administration. But at the same time, what kind of precedent would that set when Donald Trump, if he were to be president again in 2024, would you want that scenario to play out in the reverse? And I certainly wouldn't. And then here's the other thing. Remember after 2020, when people were saying Trump should sign or authorize the insurrection act and, send in the military and, and take care of business for this stolen election and all that stuff. And the the rumor has it, Donald Trump decided not to do that. In, 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 
in an attempt to evade a civil war, which it would, which would break out and agree or disagree with that decision. I definitely don't think that things would have gone over too well. If Donald Trump did the unthinkable, right? It, it would, it would have not been too, it wouldn't have readily been accepted by the left and these activists that burned down entire cities over so-called police brutality, if Donald Trump, the person they believe is, you know, orange man, bad, bigot, Nazi, homophobe, racist, um, if he, if he were to try to send in the military to, to keep himself in power as they would perceive it, that wouldn't have gone over too well, right? Well, well let's imagine this. Let's imagine this. Let's imagine that SCOTUS, which it's funny because we believe SCOTUS has no balls, but the left looks at SCOTUS and says it's a conservative majority. They overturn Roe v. Wade. They're, they're, they're drunk with power. Donald Trump has destroyed the, 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 the sanctuary that once was the, the Supreme Court. And like the left actually thinks that SCOTUS is completely biased towards conservatives and so so imagine this you thought there'd be a civil war if if donald trump authorized the insurrection act and sent in the military imagine if the scotus which donald trump appointed three supreme court justices all of a sudden decided to remove hundreds of members of congress and the president and the vice president and then reinstated donald trump what do you think would happen it would be an absolute shit show. It would be it would be nuts, man. So I don't think that you guys want that and I certainly don't want that either. Uh you, you know and and I look. I've had I've had to I've had to address something in myself in the in the very recently that at this point in time, man, you guys, there's a lot of people watching. A lot of people probably are not going to like this. But at this point in time, um, based on the fact that every single institution has proven to me to be wholly broken, I mean, the courts are, are completely broken and corrupt. They tell us we don't have standing in our elections. They tell us that, y- you know, you can't take a, you, like a voter doesn't have standing in an election that was rigged. They tell us the president doesn't have standing in an election that was rigged against him. The ex- the the ju- the uh, so the judicial branch is corrupt, the executive branch is corrupt, the legislature in in these key states, the swing states, haven't done anything to clean up the election fraud, and they certainly didn't have the balls to, uh, I guess, decertify the election. There's a lot of debate whether or not that's even constitutional or whatever. But, I mean, the legislature, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to withdraw the electors from the 2020 election. So where is Donald... Like, there's a lot of people that still think Donald Trump is going to be reinstated before 2024, and there's uh, there's a plan and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm just not... I'm just not one of them fellas. I'm just not one of those guys. And, um, you know, there was there was one of my, my, my wife's, I guess her grandfather-in-law... 
I don't know what to call them. But anyways, I was I used to be one of these guys that's like, nah, man, there's all these audits going on in Arizona. They're going to prove the election was stolen. They're going to decertify. It's going to have a snowball domino effect, and all these other states are going to decertify, and then Biden's not going to have the... There's going to be a new election. They're going to... Donald Trump's going to be back. Just wait. Just watch. It's going to happen. And what he told me, we were driving in his truck, he was like, there is no way in hell that that's going to happen. The only way that Joe Biden is is coming out of that white house is if people go in there and drag him out. That ain't that, that's just not going to happen. Now I'm not I'm not suggesting anybody do that. I'm not condoning any violence. Disclaimer, FBI bastards out there watching me. I didn't tell anybody to do anything. I just said what I, what I basically realized is he was absolutely right like 18 months later. <laughs> and you know, this system is damn it's damn corrupt top to bottom, man. And at this point, I don't know what we're doing with ourselves sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, SCOTUS, they're going to save the day. The Supreme Court, they're going to do the right thing. You know, people are like, but what about Roe v. Wade? Listen, man, as much as I, as as happy as that made me, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, did you see what the Democrats did with that? How How that was their... Their main platform going into the midterms, how they spent millions of dollars in television ads campaigning that, oh, the Republicans, they want to force you to carry a baby. And even if your life is at risk, they want you to die. They want you to carry your rapist baby and blah, 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 blah. And I swear to you, you know, I, th- I thought people weren't retarded, but there's a lot of people out there that were going around genuinely believing that 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 was the case. That oh, I don't want my daughter to have to carry her rapist baby. You mean to tell me if I'm pregnant and my life's at risk, then I gotta die carrying my rapist baby? And the Republicans were running on the economy. They're like inflation and gas prices and the border and blah blah blah. But these young people and these these uh, suburban women. Even fathers of daughters that I knew personally were up in arms about this. So I was thinking to myself, man, and I said this like almost the day after. Because don't you guys think it's funny? We still don't know who the leaker was. Still don't know who leaked that Supreme Court decision. Nobody knows. Oh, but we can round up all the January 6th protesters in a matter of hours. But nobody knows who leaked the Supreme Court decision. And I was like, dude. I swear, I think that this is a ploy. I think that this is, uh, basically, I think what's happening here is the Supreme Court, which has already proven to us is corrupt, is doing this to give the Democrats a platform in the midterms. And then they're going to they're gonna rig the election, and they're going to tell us all it was because Republicans wanted to, to force women to carry babies, even if it's going to kill them. And I was like, I think this was a setup. So people have told me, they're like, I'm trying to say SCOTUS is corrupt. And people are like, yeah, but what about Roe v. Wade? And I'm like, even that was bullshit. You know, even that was a ploy. You know what I mean? But man. Man, this this this, this mass scale mail-in ballot problem. So, so, so basically, what? what, what where where was I where did I go 
I had a train of thought and I lost it. I think what I was trying to say is that I've kind of lost my faith in the possibility that Donald Trump can be can be you know back in the White House before 2024. Okay, but then you know I also got to address the problem at our you know address the elephant in the room that elections are still mother effing rigged. Elections are still rigged. Mass scale mail-in voting, baby. Dominion machines, ballot drop boxes, the Eric voter roll system that controls... Look, there's only been... There's 31 states that are members of Eric, the Electronic Registration Information Center, I think. Eric was originally funded by George Soros and David Becker. David Becker, Democrat operative, okay? Um... Well, it's, it's, it's basically, it used to be all the states had their own control of voter registration, voter rolls, right? But during, I think it was during the Obama administration, there was this um, push for centralized control of the voter rolls. And David Becker was, was partly behind this in the beginning. And George Soros, Open Society, funded it in the beginning, this thing called Eric. And Eric now controls the voter rolls in 31 states. Or 32. Okay? And what they what they do is they advertise that, hey, it's a lot of work to clean up your voter rolls, ain't it? <laughs> I mean, you guys got to keep track of all this stuff. It must be pretty dang hard. So why don't you let us just come in? Okay? Why don't you let us take care of that? You got dead people on the voter rolls. You got people that have moved away. It's a lot of work. So let us take care of that. We're Eric. We're here to help. So then all these states signed on to become member states of Eric, and now Eric controls the voter rolls. And these these states, they send all kinds of personal identifying information to Eric. Okay? They, They get regular updates from the DMV. And they have your social security number. They have your their your their your address. All this personal information, and they're supposed to regularly purge the voter rolls, and they don't. And they don't. We we have documented proof that they don't do that whatsoever. There's 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 states that have more registered voters than people that actually live in the state. I think Alaska is the worst one. So what they do is they hyperinflate and bloat the voter rolls and nobody can see what they're doing. No, Not even the elected officials that signed on to become member states of Eric have any idea who has access to your personal information and all that stuff. So Eric controls all that. And Eric, what they do, they don't purge the voter rolls. They inflate and bloat the voter rolls. Okay? What they do is they take all this information from the DMV and, and, and they basically create curated lists for the, the state actors. They say, hey, we've got a list of 20,000 people that are, you know, they just turned 18, now they're registered voting age, and we think that you should give them a call and compel them to become registered voters. So the the... The state actors, they get regular curated lists from Eric of who they should try to contact to become registered voters. Now, let me tell you something. In New Mexico, 
they've actually identified the fact that since New Mexico signed on to Eric, there hasn't been a single month. Well, I think it was Otero County. A single month that Republicans have outpaced Democrat voter registrations since they joined Eric. Isn't that a funny coincidence? Isn't that a funny coinkydink? And the, the number of registered voters has just blown up. So here's what they do. You've got bloated voter rolls all across the country. Every single swing state is a member of Eric. Florida is. Texas is. They control the voter rolls, right? And then you have states like Arizona with a permanent early voting list where everybody gets a mail-in ballot. Pennsylvania's the same. I think, Mich- yeah, Michigan's the same. All these states, they have permanent early voting lists. So then everybody gets a mail-in ballot, okay? And a lot of those people are dead and moved away and all this stuff. They can intercept those ballots or they come back returned to sender. And then, or, you know, or or, the, um, or we saw in the article I covered earlier where they have the ability to temporarily change the address of tens of thousands of people, um, send the ballots to a, to a specific location, then the U.S. Postal Service, which we know is in on it, can pick those up from a central location, then change their addresses back and have those ballots on standby, ready to go. So when they start counting up the votes, then they know uh, what kind of margins they need, and boom, boom. This is all bullshit. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. And these aren't things that I've made up. We have documented evidence that this is happening all across the country. It, so so this whole this whole thing about 2024, Donald Trump 2024, I'm for it, man. I'm all I'm I'm a big Trump guy, okay? But that's separate from the fact that we have no elections. We can't win an election until these things change. We can't. I I'm, I'm sorry. And people are like trust the plan, Nick. There's a plan. Trump's got the plan. And if he's telling us 2024, then that means that's what it, that's what it is. He's, he's got a plan. And I, my, my response to that is this. And please, please don't take this as me Trump bashing because I'm not. But what Trump said, this is what Trump said. We're going to take back the House. We're going to take back the Senate. Then we're going to take back the White House in 2024. Now, in the midterms, we took back the House. But we did not take back the Senate. Okay? So, when we get to the third part, we're going to take back the White House in 2024. I have a hard time believing that because we didn't do the first two. You know? So, if if Trump has a plan, if if Trump has a plan... How can I trust the plan if 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 there's if the first part of the plan didn't 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 work? You know what I'm saying? I'm just look. I'm just a rational thinking human being. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just a man that that thinks stuff and says it out loud. Okay. And sometimes I can't bite my tongue. But if we're gonna ignore the elephant in the room then we're going to have big problems on our hands. So if, if if this 2024 election becomes another dangling carrot that keeps us pacified and waiting for another two years, I'm sorry, but I've lost all faith in the damn country, man, because how did we not learn our lesson from 2020 and 2022? 
that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Nothing changed from 2020 to 2022, nothing substantial at least. And if nothing changes from 2022 to 2024, then what what do you want me to say? So what I'm saying is this. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys a bunch of stuff that's negative without providing some sort of alternative or solution, okay? And, and, And so, please, before I get to that, please smash the rumble button and hit subscribe to this channel, baby. Because if you're new here, I'm going to say it again. I'm really trying to build up this channel. I want you know I want this I want us to have a platform where we can have interviews with grassroots patriots working on stuff and all this and and have and be a force to be reckoned with. There was a time when we were on YouTube. There was a time when we were a a a force to be reckoned with. In fact, elected officials they had told you guys know I was really involved in what was going on in, in New Hampshire. Tom Murray, Ken Iring, their fight against the rigged election results. They told me that when we would put out a call to action, call this representative, call this senator, send an email here, do this, they would get thousands. Their inboxes, their phones would be blowing up. They would be inundated all day long trying to respond and field all of our, you know. So so we, we had a, we had a, a megaphone. And that was fun, you know. And, and I, I'm sorry, I, I want I want the megaphone back, baby. And you guys can help me with that if you just hit that subscribe button and share this broadcast. So, anyways, um, military behind Trump, man, man. Let me just let me not even address let me not even address that, man. <sighs> But here's the problem. Here's the problem is when when you when you when you point out some of this stuff, then people take that as oh, Nick's saying to give up. Not even close, man. Not even remotely close. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's 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 change strategy, change game plan. Okay. So first of all, if we are going to continue to participate in elections, which I think that we should, because anybody suggesting we should just let's just stop voting. That'll help. That'll solve the problem. Let's just never vote again. That'll teach them. Yeah, what's that going to teach them? Oh, hey, you know how we've been doing these mail-in ballot dumps and having 50% of the machines not work on election day? You know how we've been um, flipping votes in machines? Well, guess what? We don't even have to do that anymore. Because a bunch of dumbasses said that they're not going to vote because elections are rigged. So now we can I mean, now we just win legitimately and there's nothing to scrutinize nothing to fight back against nothing to show evidence wise nothing to prove i it's just it's really simple simple so i'm not for the whole don't vote thing i don't think that makes any sense to me it just doesn't just now now wait a second you're saying no we vote harder i get the irony or i i i get the nonsensical i i understand i completely understand Okay, one thing I know is the deep state system, this cabal of puppet masters at the top, this this illusionary alternate universe that they have the left living in, the people that 
that are wearing two masks and an N95 and putting goggles on to w- driving their car with gloves on like fucking retards. I'm sorry. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to use that word, but calling them stupid just doesn't suffice. They're retarded. They live in an alternate paradigm, an alternate universe. And it's all built up of lies, okay? And this entire system that we're in, where you have people that are awake and people that are asleep, walking around like sheep, getting jabbed up, you know, this system collapses if a significant portion of people wake up. Now, clearly that number's not high enough, um, but but you can't have a system sustained by a little tiny handful of people when 350 million people are like, nah, F that. It just, it's just it's not going to happen. So what what I'm saying is, I'm 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 going to make sense here in a second. Why do I think we should continue to vote? Is because look at this movement, look at this election integrity activist movement. It's massive, and the reason it's massive is because in the 2020 election, millions upon millions of people showed up, turned out on election day more than they were ever anticipating. And they had to cheat their asses off. And it was so obvious that it snapped a lot of people out of the matrix. Okay? What's going on in Arizona is having the same effect again. Now, it's I don't know what the percentage is, but still, a lot of people snapping out of the matrix, realizing it's all a sham, it's all a charade, it's the game is rigged. So... Every time that we do that, when we force them to cheat their asses off, and it's really obvious, that snaps a lot of people out of it, right? So I think that's a good thing. Allowing them to rig an election and not participating and making it so they don't have to cheat doesn't make any sense. Um, The other thing is, okay, so if we're going to continue to participate in elections, which I think we should, then I think it's time that we attempt to shift strategy. And start playing the game that the Democrats play, which is the ballot harvesting. Now, I'm not saying we should stop pushing for changing um, this mail-in ballot system, getting rid of the machines. I'm not saying that whatsoever. We need to do two things simultaneously. Fight for the changes that need to happen, okay? But also start playing smarter if we're going to continue to participate. Telling everyone to vote on election day. I understand that the sentiment behind that because I was telling people to do the same thing. But telling everyone to vote on election day, what that does is it gives them the exact coordinates of where the ballots they need to target are. They knew that they could have 50% of the machines shut down on election day because all of Carrie Lake's voters were going to show up on election day, right? So um, I don't know if that was in, uh, a smart move. Okay. The other problem is we have a lot of voter suppression. Voter suppression from people that think the, the game is rigged. Um, we need to really encourage people to continue to to participate. Because uh, look, again, if 5-10% of people think that elections are rigged, there's no point, I'm not voting, then you, then you legitimately lose. Um, so anyways... I think that we should be shifting some of our efforts into ballot harvesting. Now, I've gotten a lot of pushback about that. A lot of people disagree with me. That's fine. That's fine. 
but unless you can conv- convince me otherwise, I'm going to continue to say it. Simultaneously, two things. Fight for the changes that we need, but also part, uh, play the game smarter, okay? The other thing is, I think that civil disobedience is necessary. Um, I, I, I think, but but really what we've learned, we have to go off basically what we've learned. And what, what 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 we learned is that what we saw in Canada, the truckers the truckers protest, that shit had some teeth. Okay, those people have a lot of power. I mean, it wasn't a coincidence that as soon as they shut all that shit down, they they shut the they shut everything down. All of a sudden, the Canadian provinces started lifting the mandates miraculously and then said it's got nothing to do with the protests it's got nothing to do with the truckers i just feel like i should uh, I just i just you know it just came to me but the reality was what they were doing was working but then they sent in the military you know justin trudeau the dictator uh dickhead dickwad you know shut that shit down but i mean that was that shit was powerful the other thing is the you know the farmers the farmers have power the truckers have power cuz people even say to me they're like protests don't work protests don't work well protests serve purpose they 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 encourage other people they motivate people they they um it's a show of solidarity with other people that think they might be the only one thinking what they they're the only one thinking that the the system is rigged and they're getting screwed but when you protest in the thousands or the millions, people are like, "Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Wait, we are much larger than I thought. So now I feel more emboldened. Now I feel like I can stand up for what I believe in." You know, the protests make a difference. It's also, I understand. Oh, we don't want another January sixth, but come on, we're gonna live in fear. January sixth was exactly, it, it's 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 working. The psyop to scare you <laughs> from ever trying that again is definitely working. We had a protest in Arizona. Um people that lived 20, 20 minutes up the road, they 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 weren't they didn't show up. Um the other thing is this, and I said this in my last live stream, but we got a lot of people watching. I want to say it again. But before I say that, remember, please smash that subscribe button, subscribe to this channel, smash the like button, share this video, and also please consider hitting that red join button to go to nickmoseeder.locals.com where you get an extra video every week. And I have to say it multiple times because the, 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 the watch count continues to go up. So there's a lot of new people coming in. Now, um, what I was going to say is you're negative, Nick. Oh, Rumble Jet. Listen, Rumble Jet. If I'm negative, so be it. Okay, moving on. Now, the other thing is, there are people like George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, these bastards are the real ones pulling the strings around here in American politics, right? I mean, that's always been the case. Before Dominion, before mass scale mail-in voting, super PACs, bribes, it's always been a big charade of, you know, who can grease the right palms and, and get, get, you know, get what they want. I think that it's important to make a make a more stringent effort to boycott these bastards 
Because look, we're going to sit here and fight for, okay, I want I want to get rid of the drop boxes. I want you to get rid of the drop boxes. Get rid of the drop boxes. But then I'm going to go go get on Facebook, and, and the reason the drop box is there is because Mark Zuckerberg dumped $350 million into the damn election. And if I don't try to do something to, to choke him out of power, and not choke him physically, I mean choke him out like... Uh, Make him make his ass go bankrupt. You go woke, you go broke, bitch. That's what I mean. Then, you know, I'm kind of enabling the same people to continue to control American politics. And I'm 100,000% guilty. Guilty as charged, okay? I'm not, I'm not the guy that's living locally, doing all the things, you know, like, I'm sorry. And I'm a hypocrite. And I'm a bastard for it. But what I think is uh, easy, here's what I do. I try to make little decisions to support small businesses and not choose the convenience of Amazon Prime and and try to do things that may inconvenience you a little bit, maybe a little less comfortable. Uh, Even even most of my shopping I don't do at Walmart. I do at Detweilers, you know. And I, 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 I try to make these little decisions, okay? Um, use somebody else's Netflix account, don't pay for it yourself, you know, shit like that. And I know this sounds trivial, but what did we see with, 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 um, with all these, you know, these companies, they come out and there's a massive boycott and then they, they're forced to change like almost immediately because money talks, money talks, you know? And so I think that that's important. Um, and so those are like little, little tiny, you know, solutions. People always say I'm bitching about it and not presenting solutions. That's, that's kind of where I, that's kind of where my head's at. You know, that, 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 that's, that type of stuff requires effort and it requires, um, people to, to kind of unify. Is Nick even looking at our chats? Nope. Yeah, I'm looking at your chats, guys. Come on. I'm looking at your chats. There's just a lot of them. Can't read them all. All right? But look, you know, we got we to gotta make some changes around here to our strategy. You know, these people that, these people on the left, they are, <laughs> they have so many things working for them. All the institutions are on their side. All the corporations are on their side. The big banks are on their side. George Soros is on their side, funding them to protest and organize, and they're allowed to do it, and big tech won't censor it. And in fact, they'll actually amplify their destruction, okay? Whereas we are more discombobulated, harder to to cooperate. You got a lot of egos flying around. People don't like each other. Everybody thinks... Each one is a deep state actor. You're, you're a, you're a bad guy. This one trusts the plan. This one doesn't. This one thinks uh, we got to do audit, full forensic audits. This one thinks that we got to do canvassing. This one, you know, and it's just been, uh, it's just been like a lot of infighting and circle jerking, and you know, it's it's like been a big circus a lot. So, so we have to be smarter, work together. Um, and I just think that, well, one, one, one thing that's really cool, one thing that's going to definitely help us is, and I'm going to come back to this, Elon Musk won 
reinstating Donald Trump. I hope to God Donald Trump uses Twitter. Don't be stubborn, Trump. I know you got to deal with True Social. I know that you probably legally or contractually have to post there first, but please start posting also to Twitter. A general amnesty for all the people that were wrongfully terminated, that's going to help. That's going to help us. I mean, even when we were on Twitter, you still had suppression through shadow banning and stuff like that. Being able to have an actual conversation in a public town square like Twitter, I don't know I don't know how much you guys agree with this, but I would say that the conversation happening on Twitter shapes the cultural narrative around the world. It really, really does. I know, it, I mean, because, okay, how many active Twitter users are there per day or per month? It's far and beyond any of these, you know, Gitter, Gab, Truth Social, all of them combined. Um, the only one that's close is Telegram. But you have to think, okay, if 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 the conversation that's happening on Twitter is exposing the COVID death jabs, is exposing the collusion between government and, and big tech, is ex- exposing the um, election fraud and stuff like that, it really changes the dynamics of culture. And you're going to see less of these people Walk, driving around in their cars three years into COVID with two masks and N95 goggles uh, and freaking a face shield and gloves on. You're going to see less of those people. So I, I, I believe that I believe that we are in an information war more so than anything else. We're in an information war. This is psychological warfare. And for a long time, we've been getting our asses kicked. And I, I, I mean, we, but at the same time, we've been doing some damage. We've been inflicting damage. I shouldn't say we've been getting our asses kicked because that's not true. For a long time, the the puppet masters have controlled all the buttons. Okay, and it's been like that longer than you probably think. They controlled all the buttons through legacy media, but also through big tech, and now that power structure is is changing. If you don't think that that makes a big difference, then why do they go so hard in trying to suppress speech? Why do they spend so much money? Why do they do all this stuff? Why does why do, why is it so important for every mainstream media outlet to push one narrative? Why is it important for them to censor? Because we're in an information war. Okay, so the, the more this platform like Rumble grows... If the more that I would encourage you to get on Twitter at first, I was like, nah, Elon Musk transhumanist. He's, he's sitting down with Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL and trying to appease the activists. He's full of shit. He's another bullshit artist. But I mean, you, you can't sit here and continue. Look, the, the man already in state reinstated Donald Trump plans to reinstate all the, the Anons. Um, the dude, is exposing child pornography and pedophilia on Twitter. He's exposing the collusion between big tech and government. What the hell do you want me to say? I mean, what do you want me to He just said that Twitter has interfered in elections. What do you want me to say? 
Oh, don't support that guy. And it's not even about him. It's about using, like, we've been, look, these guys have had a bazooka, and we're sitting here fighting with a squirt gun. You know, we got a little squirt gun. And now they're giving us an AR-15. Elon Musk is giving us, oh, shit, I shouldn't say that. FBI, never mind, never mind, never mind. Let me get off that, okay? I didn't mean to say that. We're not going to use AR-15s to... Okay, what, what, what I mean by that is now we can actually change the public dynamics, the, the cultural narrative. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe to this channel. Smash that rumble button. Above all else, please just... Hit the subscribe button, baby. The Nick Most Cedar channel could, could would really... We want you to join the Wilf Pack. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. But the Nick Most Cedar channel and the members of it, we're, we, we call ourselves the Wilf Pack. Okay? And you don't, you don't have to understand it at first, but you'll get there. We'll bring you along. We'll bring you up to speed. Okay? Now... Uh, you can also follow me anywhere, anywhere you like. All my social medias in the in the chat: Locals, Rumble, Odyssey, Substack, Truth, Telegram. I'm 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 all over the place, baby. Smash that rumble button, please. Share this broadcast. Take this link, put it in your social media. Uh, you know, share it to a friend. Say, hey, this guy Nick Mosier, boy, he was he was doling out some black pills, but I gotta admit, he had a couple good points in there. Okay. I didn't like his, he was pretty, <laughs> boy did he crush some of my hopiums, but, but, I can't deny, he was, uh, no, not MILF pack, no, not MILF pack, the WILF pack, okay, I'll tell you, it, what, what it stands for is warrior for independence, liberty, and freedom, okay, so if you want to join this WILF pack, then I suggest that you smash that subscribe button. Okay, if you want to be a warrior for independence, liberty, and freedom, acronym WILF sounds a lot like MILF. It's but it's it's fun. It's funny. And I didn't make it up. I just coin I just took it from well, somebody called me a WILF. Okay? And it was Behizzy. And the way he said it, it sounded sexual. And so I laughed. I said, What the hell is a WILF? And it was kind of implied that it meant whitey I would like to... Because, you know, Behizzi is an African-American. And he was... It sounded like he was calling me a, a, a whitey he would like to... And I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, man. You can't say that. Okay? But then I, I just... I couldn't stop laughing. Okay? So then it was this running joke for a little bit, you know... We're, we're calling each other Wilf and stuff like that. And then one of my commenters said, Wilf stands for Warrior Independence, Liberty, and Freedom. I was like, damn, that's good. That's good. Way to take a sexual innuendo and turn it into something badass. So then I went to make a telegram, and I tried to use my name, and I was like, damn. Uh, I made one, and then I couldn't figure out how to log into it. I forgot my password. So I was like, shit, my name is taken on telegram. And then I was like, well, I let me try Wilf Most Cedar. And I, so now now my name is Wilf Most Cedar. So maybe the joke should have probably died a year and a half ago, but it's still ongoing because my 
Twitter, I mean, my Telegram handle is still Cedar. Okay. Anyways, now I'm just rambling. Please smash that rumble button. Share this broadcast. Subscribe to this channel. Consider clicking that red join button. The red join button where you can uh, check out nickmoseeder.locals.com. And, and then, I mean, that this, this red button right here. Whoops. Right there. That join button. You can go to nickmoseeder.locals.com. Become a member over there. Get access to exclusive content. Okay, and, and, and be an official member of the Wilf Pack. Anyways, I'm going to shut this down. Let me know in the comments what you thought about this live stream. I had pretty much no preparation for it whatsoever. Just ranting and, and rambling, and it was fun for me. Let me know if it was fun for you too. Anyways, thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.